This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Uh, well, I, uh, I have uh, married, have two um, very young kids, one who's son who's four and a half, oh. and um, a daughter who's just turned one, uh-huh. so uh, uh, very busy. Um, I'm a massive sports fan, uh-huh. um, you name it, like uh, Blue Jays, Leafs, Raptors, wow. um, occasional Buffalo Bills fan, but um, when I'm not, uh, you know, at work with my kids, which is 99.9% of the time, I'm definitely into sports and try to play sports occasionally. Uh-huh. I'm a big reader when I have a chance to read. Um, I do love uh, science fiction and fantasy, um, Game of Thrones fan, that type of thing. Um, love to watch movies, love to watch great uh-huh. TV shows. Um, example, big Walking Dead fan, so I guess you can see the, the type of thing I like, so don't judge. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I play video <laughs> games and I get judged. <laughs> That's right. So it's uh, yeah. No, I'm eight. It's uh, you know when I when I uh, have time, I definitely try to uh, try to do those fun things. Wow. How how do you actually manage this? I'm not entirely too sure how I manage it. <laughs> Every day I come up with um, just a different way to uh-huh. accommodate for everything. The the job itself, which I know we'll get into, is very very busy. Yeah. Uh, complex, especially the type of work that we do, and it's extremely high paced and. Um, demanding sometimes more than other but you and I know we'll get into this but you just you have to try and find a way uh, to ensure that uh, you're doing a really great job uh, uh-huh. at work and but also um, you know leaving just enough time uh, to uh, enjoy your family and to uh, spend time with uh, with your, your wife and your children of course so I guess um, going back to the law <laughs> What was your law school experience like? Oh man, I I, uh, I just loved the University of Ottawa. It um, it provided me with such a, a great learning experience. It was a you know it was a great social experience. I um I did I did a fair bit there. I mean I, I mean I studied uh-huh. pretty hard, but I also I got a chance to um, to TA. I was a TA for professor Professor Edward Tushney. Oh. Okay. Um, and uh, we spent some time on this in the spring when you're uh, putting together a textbook. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the professors were uh, were top-notch. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, there was a Professor Bachaco and I think Professor Craig Forsees uh, yeah. is still there. And, you know, when I went to law school, it was his first year um, teaching, and he was just, a, even though it was his first year, he was just such a phenomenal professor. Um, I thought uh, I was subject to the... Uh, Socratic method. Uh, mm. There was a professor by the name of Professor McRae who taught oh, uh-huh. a contract class, and um, nothing made me more nervous than uh, <laughs> attending a class that had the Socratic method. Uh, so you knew you had to be prepared. Yeah. Law school in Ottawa, you know, for all folks, for you know, students who are coming out of undergrad and ask me about um, you know, where to go to law school, mm-hmm. I highly endorse uh, you know University of Ottawa because it, it provided such a, a great experience. It really prepared me well for. Um, for the next step, if you will. Yeah, I find it for myself, too. The professors have been great. Like, I've had Professor Forces, and he's he's just, he knows, like, everything. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but is there one thing that you would have done differently? Um, I don't think so. I, I mean, there was, I think about my law school career, um, I think if I were to go back, I would have been less anxious to get mm-hmm. out into the real world knowing that you're going to spend the next 30 odd years working. I may have taken an extra year and completed the really great MBA pro- joint MBA program that they have there. Uh, uh, I, I may have done that. Um, I, I think I, I would have tried to put things more in perspective. You know, you're a first year law student and you're writing these 100% fail safe exams and you're thinking about the next step in terms of, you know, either going to work in Toronto or otherwise, if you, you know, if, if you're from Toronto like I yeah. am, uh, you know, just, I guess I would have, it's easier said than done because, you know, with, the, you know, with experience comes these learnings, but I would have tried to relax a little bit more and put things in perspective. It, I found, um, at least the early on law school to be, um, it was a pretty high stress environment mm. for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if I were to tell students now, um, what I would do differently. I think I would have taken a stab at just trying to uh, take the foot off the gas a little bit and um, you know enjoy my experience a little bit more, especially mm-hmm. uh, given that uh, you're going to be uh, working for quite a long time. Yeah, I even though I only finished first year, but I I felt that I was really stressed out, like too much so, mm-hmm. and I should have probably relaxed a little bit. Yeah, there were colleagues <laughs> of mine who. Um, you know, I found, um, or, or fellow students at the time, you know, it, it really let the stress get to them. And, um, you know, I think it's almost like you need a support group in law school at times uh, where you yeah. all band together yeah. and <laughs> empathize with one another and talk about your experiences and just ensure that your um, your fellow students are, are doing okay. I think I think uh, that's probably a, an issue that exists in, uh, in most uh, mm-hmm. faculties. Yeah. Uh, so, how, uh, when, and how did you identify your interests in technology law? Yeah, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't until uh, later on. I, I, I know we'll get to it, but I mean, I mm-hmm. started in banking, and there was little or no um, IT in in banking. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I it was really to be perfectly honest. Even though when I was with um, a joint venture, uh, Moneris, um I touched upon IT. It really wasn't until I got to TD and Mm -hmm. I was hired specifically to help support uh, with their digital initiatives that I found um, that uh, the IT side of things was uh, quite fascinating. And um, so it was really, yeah, really only once I got here, which if you think about it, after, you know, six, seven years in private practice and another six years in a in a financial services company yes. that I got here, and what do you know? After almost a decade of practicing, you think what you find out that there, you know, there's another passion that you have, which I think is really one of the great things about uh, how your career can evolve. Oh, interesting. So, out of curiosity, did you even have like a maybe a science background? Because a lot of times we think, oh, technology law, you you probably need some sort of science. Background. Yeah, I know. I mean, the whole notion of technology yeah. law is sounds intimidating if you will and um you know don't get me wrong when they put out the um when i got when i when they called on me for this role Mm -hmm. that was one of the questions that they asked simply because there's a technology side but you know i guess i'm an example of somebody who has no science background at all (laughs) like like my background is kind of bizarre i i I went to the university of western thinking i was going to be a high school teacher oh Uh, and so 
because jobs were tough to come across yeah. in Ontario for teaching, one of the avenues I pursued was to um, take a French language and literature degree and spend a year in France, oh. thinking that I would be mm-hmm. more attractive uh, candidate because I had the ability to teach a French class among other classes. And um, it really wasn't until uh, I applied to Teachers College at the mm-hmm. time that um, at the time um, Mike Harris was the Premier of Ontario and he was making life miserable for <laughs> teachers and, yeah. and that became apparent to me and so I decided um, to also apply to law school. Uh, so of course there I don't have the technology background. Yeah. When, when I got my law degree and it's only now that I'm heavily involved in, in projects that, uh, you know, that uh, have a technology component to them uh, that uh, that I'm involved, in, you know, that involve mm-hmm, technology, mm-hmm. and I don't feel in any way, shape, or form that not having to, you know, have gone to university and have a science background has hurt me in any way. And yeah. the great part about TD is the fact that we, you know, there are folks on the floor who have a technology background, and I leverage them quite a bit. Uh, but I don't think I've ever felt disadvantaged. I mean, yeah. look, if you have a science background, in, in certain cases, you'll, you'll probably understand the technology a little bit better mm-hmm. than somebody who doesn't, but uh, it, in no way, shape, or form has disadvantaged me, and uh, I feel like I provide um, you know, a pretty high level of service to, uh, to, to both my colleagues in the legal department and, and more importantly, in the business. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Because a lot of times we just get stuck that, oh, you need to have that background to do that type yeah. of work. Yeah, I, I would suggest that, um, you know, when you're in law school, you should mm-hmm. not in any way allow what your undergrad was to um, dictate where you want to go in the law. Mm. Uh, there are plenty of folks who have done a complete 180 <laughs> and, like, gone into health law. And they're not, they, you know, they weren't physicians beforehand, yeah. or pharmacists, and yet they are successful health law practitioners. So, you know, that that uh, that shouldn't play, in my mind, that shouldn't play a factor other than perhaps some extreme mm. examples. But, you know, you should, and I know that you're going to ask that later, but you should be completely open, a blank slate, especially when you're in first year, maybe early part of second, in terms of where you want to go with your career. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I never thought I would be in this summer position at all because my background's in business so <laughs> that's like completely different from the pe- public law sector sure. so, so yeah so I totally agree with what you've just mentioned uh, but out of curiosity did you find your French to be any help of use like advantage to any way yeah uh, you know when I was in private practice and uh, when I ended in at uh, maybe even at Monera's uh-huh. Um, there, there were times where I used it. Uh, where in Ebenezer, there was the occasional time where there was a a customer or a lawyer who spoke uh, French, or even a mm. colleague who was a salesperson in in the business. And I should tell you, like I, I supported for a while, like the Eastern Region Sales Force of Ebenezer, and of course, well, all of them were completely bilingual. They felt a little bit more comfortable talking in French, and so uh, occasionally I would revert to speaking in French with them to, um, to get uh, to the bottom line um, oh, okay. some of our negotiations, but I don't—I certainly don't think I, be, I, I did not take a civil law degree, and yeah. I typically don't, didn't practice in French, but the language itself certainly came in, in handy, and then 
just a completely unrelated mm -hmm. uh, story is that uh, years later, my wife and I, before we had kids, uh, went to Paris and um, we found out that uh, an ancestor of, uh, of my wife had actually painted a portrait of Albert Einstein. Oh, wow. We tracked down this <laughs> portrait to um, like a faculty of sciences in a remote part of huh. Paris. And, uh, and uh, my wife tried to talk to the security guards in English to allow us to go in and have a look at the portrait. Yes. And then, of course, it wasn't getting anywhere, and I stepped in and uh, brokered an arrangement where they set up a time for us to actually view the portrait, oh. uh, which was which was kind of cool. It's one of the more, you know, the, one of the things that sticks out in my memory where yes. you know, my French <laughs> came in handy, even though it wasn't for, for business purposes. Yeah, definitely. Like, when I went to Paris, too, if you spoke English, the service was just uh, worse than if you spoke in French. It's just right. two different things. <laughs> right. So yeah. we went from, uh, yeah, if you know French, it goes from being really bad service to just bad service. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, so going back to the topic of law, uh, what was your articling experience like? Uh, you know what? It was it was it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. I, you know, going back that far now. I mean, like, you know, you're like I, I articled in a so in a big firm, and it was in all the stereotypes that you heard at the time. And I don't know if it's gotten any better about um, how all-consuming articling can be. Mm -hmm. um, at a big firm, was absolutely true. Um, you know, I, I, I had four rotations, and I don't know if it's the same now, but um, there was litigation, corporate, uh, a banking rotation, and a real estate rotation. Okay. And, it's, and I would suggest that it's, and at the time, corporate and litigation were compulsory. You had no choice but to take those two rotations. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's still the case. And in retrospect, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But at the time, that was, that's the case. And, and um, you know, I think it's uh, important that uh, if you have a special type of interest going into articling that you select carefully and that you um, you try and find a mentor, you ch carefully choose a mentor if you can, mm -hmm. especially if that mentor is uh, the practice uh, relevant to the, your area of interest. Uh -huh. uh, but, I mean, I, I wanted no part of litigation. Uh, I knew early on that uh, that wasn't going to be my area of focus. And so... Um, uh, you know, I, I actually um, latched onto the banking mm -hmm. uh, in part because um, I, I, I found a, a couple of really great mentors in the banking group, um, and so you know, interestingly enough, I was offered some pretty decent work um, in the banking group, even during articles. Mm. Um, you know, articling is really about uh, doing a lot of listening and asking a lot of questions. Uh, it is a very steep learning curve, mm -hmm. and nobody going into articling should feel the least bit frustrated if uh, you come in thinking that you know nothing and you know nothing by the sixth month. Like it's mm -hmm. it's very steep, and all you can do in articling is to you know stay patient and soak it all in and learn as much as you can and make as positive an impression on um, on the associates and the partners and your fellow students uh, in order to make you know give you the best chance, mm -hmm. if you will, of landing a job if you want to land a job there. Uh, so you said you didn't want to do litigation. How did you eliminate that? Um, Is there well, some sort of personality that you think? How, like, I guess, how did I figure out that wasn't for me? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah I, I mean, funny. I, I, I suppose at the time, and in, in, in perhaps I read it incorrectly, 
like I read litigation as uh, as uh, constant acrimony, meaning uh-huh. you're it's a constant battle with somebody else over an issue, right? Yes. And that wasn't for me. Now, I mean, the interesting thing is, is that you know I became a commercial lawyer, and of course, the commercial negotiations can also be, um, you know, quite acrimonious, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, depending on who you're negotiating with on the other side. But um, the whole notion of serving or being served with suits and um, constantly going to mediate and being involved in discovery um, or arbitration or actually going to court, um, it wasn't for me. Yeah. And I, I suppose even though at the time, I mean, I, I find now that I enjoy public speaking more than I ever did. And perhaps at the time, I, I just didn't feel like I was suited for that. And, you know, if you're going to be in litigation and if you're going to be... Um, mm-hmm involved in going to court, um, you, you, you know, and you're not a good public speaker, then you're probably not going to be a good litigator. You know, some litigators will disagree with me on that, but that's, I guess that's how I saw it at the time. Yeah, yeah. Ruled it out. And were there other challenges that you faced in developing your career? Uh, as in, in the, in articling or just generally? Um, I guess generally. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if I had challenges developing uh, my career. I mean, you're depending where you are. Mm-hmm. It, it is so important in any career, I think, to find a really good, uh, supportive, and bright mentor. Like it's, I can't express how valuable that is. Uh, not only to develop you, uh, you know, to further your career, but to develop you. As a, as a good lawyer, mm-hmm. as a good professional. I mean, mentors are everything. Um, that's not to say that somebody can't go into practice on their own, sole practitioner on their own right from the beginning and give it their best shot. I'm sure there's tens of thousands of yeah. folks who have done that. But if you want to accelerate the process, um, you, um, you need to find a really great mentor. Mentors are everything. And I acknowledge that it's not... Um, the easiest thing to do when you're an articling student or a first-year associate to figure out who's good, mm-hmm. who's not, you know, who's not. Uh, but that, I think that should be a focus of somebody going to any organization um, to try and advance their career. And um, I'd say that's probably was a challenge. I'd say, you know, there were some really good, great mentors at times, and in others there were those who, um, you know, weren't as supportive. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you with. Uh, absolute certainty that's one of the things great about working for TD Bank is there's a, there's, a, there's a ton of very terrific mentors uh, in our group mm-hmm. um, in particular one that I work for who um, who prides herself on uh, on being a great mentor to the folks that work for her and uh, she gets the best out of uh, those lawyers based on the great mentorship she provides so I think that was probably uh, a, a challenge early yeah. on in, uh, in my career Okay, uh, so describe your current role at TD. Yeah, so um, I lead a team uh, that is responsible for supporting um, our direct channels. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, the, you know, anything and everything to do with phone and ATM, uh, to the extent that issues arise out of those uh, channels, if you will, we will deal with them. And if they involve a, a product, if you will, uh, like an everyday banking account or a credit card or insurance yeah. or something like that, you know, we will get our um, our colleagues involved on the floor. Um, we also deal with uh, digital 
Sentinels. That's the online and mobile uh, components of the bank. Mm-hmm. So to the extent you see uh, services available uh, either online uh, through uh, EasyWeb, which is the Canadian version of online banking, or the TD app, um, you, we are more than likely were involved uh, with uh, the uh, the launch of that service, if you will. So uh, we've also gotten a little bit more involved in payment infrastructure. You know, we have a broad group mm-hmm. that uh, tackles payment because it's such a massive uh, subject. Um, but we we get it. we are involved with payment infrastructure. We're involved in various fintech initiatives uh, that are underway at the bank. Uh, we you know we're a pretty progressive yeah. bank and we're constantly trying to innovate. Uh, we pride ourselves on our innovation, and so we are constantly involved in supporting the various proof of concepts, if you will, mm-hmm. that are underway at the bank. And uh, we also have uh, an investment called Ugo Wallet. Oh. Ugo Wallet allows you to uh, pay with your phone. Uh, oh. Not unlike mm-hmm. the, the products that are probably more well known, like an Apple Pay. Ugo mm-hmm. Wallet is um, you pay with your phone, but it allows you to uh, digitize and store your gift cards or loyalty cards, so you don't have to. Know, necessarily um, go looking for them in one large wall. You can just kind of find yeah. them on your phone and yeah. go to a um, point of sale and show your phone and scan it. Um, oh. It does other cool things lately that by organizing your receipts. Uh, it'll also, more recently, we helped them set up um, this peer, uh, a peer-to-peer mm-hmm. uh, functionality where you can actually send money to another person um, and that person can use those dollars to pay at certain uh, restaurants. Oh. So, all, you know, all in all, that's that's kind of area of focus, uh, if you will, um, here at the bank. Oh, you're convincing me to try out this Yugo wallet. <laughs> you should, yeah, absolutely. You should tell your friends. Um, you should definitely try that out. It's, it's cool. You can download it. If you're using an Android, uh, you can actually use it to pay with your phone. Oh, nice. And if you're using it uh, on iOS, so Apple, you can use it to digitize and you can send money to your friend. And then uh, at, the, at TD, you know, TD's launched a couple of really cool things yeah. recently. You know, you have to go, you know, if you're a TD customer, you can you download the TD app. There's plenty mm-hmm. available. You, for example, you know, TD is among the, the, the banks that offers uh, the mobile uh, deposit, if you will, where you can mm-hmm. take a picture of your check and deposit dollars. Yeah. But more recently, TD launched MySpend, which is a really a, a really cool uh, personal financial manager, which helps track, if you will, uh, the dollars that you're spending and categorizes into certain buckets, and will tell you what your average spend is over the last pick a number of months. Oh, so <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to know that. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're a student and you're on a budget, that's yeah, a really great yeah. tool because it'll tell you yeah. at a certain point in time whether you're over or whether you're under. Yeah. Andy. If you feel like you've been doing too much drinking, you can actually go on the app and see, <laughs> oh, geez, my, uh, my restaurant uh, numbers are a little higher than it should be, and then you can oh, come back. Oh, wow. That's like so, those uh, phone <laughs> stuff where like, you can limit your data. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you don't have it. I mean, presumably everybody has a pretty decent data plan. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great data plans are offered, but and uh, presumably you're using uh, University of Ottawa's Wi-Fi. If you're <laughs> hoping to have that, but uh, overall, it's a it's a really cool product. We're pretty proud of it. There were several press releases over the last year, uh-huh. and there's more of that to come uh, from uh, from our digital group for sure. Awesome! You are a good speaker. <laughs> I am yeah, getting convinced. <laughs> okay, so what? skills do you think have helped you along during your career yeah uh, i mean i you know 
I think uh, half the battle in uh, mm-hmm. supporting your career is to, is to, you know, just be an excellent colleague, to be open to ideas, uh, to be really patient, to be very supportive. Um, you know, being a good listener is so key. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think as lawyers, especially when you're in law school and you're sitting in your study group, everybody wants to give their two cents mm. and they want to do it quickly. And meanwhile, I think the best skill you, one of the best skills you can have is that when you're tackling a problem and somebody comes to you with the problem, whether it's your colleague or whether it's somebody from the business, mm. is just to stay patient and, you know, keep your mouth closed for a little while and just take it all in and, uh, and then only after hearing all the facts and ask good questions and, mm. and provide analysis. Um, and, uh, and to show uh, that while you are you know, certainly concerned about addressing risk, that you're open to creative solutions to um, both advance objectives of the business, but at the same time uh, ensuring that you know, yeah, your business yeah. is not taking unnecessary risk, if you will. Mm. That's a, that's really hard. That's something that it takes time. That's not something I, I think that you jump in right away and learn. Uh, that comes through experience. Yeah. Um, but that becomes very key because um, depending on where you're working, if you're in private practice, it's just a little bit different. But if you're working in house, uh, you know, one of the best things you can do is you know earn the you know, the trust of the, the business folks you're working with and and uh, create the perception. If the reality that um, you are looking out mm-hmm. for them and you are looking to advance their initiatives. I see. Do you think, looking back, this is kind of going back to law school, but were there any courses that really, like, helped you? Um, oh, boy. You just need to remember law school. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, courses in particular. The business organizations course, uh, I don't know what it's called now, uh, business association, maybe it was at the time. Yeah. Really, just setting the foundations for um, uh, for corporate law is, I think, very helpful. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. The if you're looking to uh, get into litigation, maybe I'm stating the obvious, but mm. you know, there's the the various moots that you can courses that you can take, which yeah. I think you know is crucial uh, to get you give you a head start, if you will, of that's where you want to go and almost a hedge like if you don't know mm. yet or if you want to be a better public speaker I mean I know there's Toastmasters and all that stuff but if you want the, both the Toastmaster experience and the application of the law experience in those moods I think um, it's something probably somebody should take anyway mm-hmm. um, uh, boy I mean I know that there are compulsory courses like I guess I, I like criminal law but I mean I, I like the course but it's, it's really not something that's compulsory if you don't think you're going to go anywhere near criminal law <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's a professor, you know, Professor Geist is someone who I wish I had taken more of his courses. To be oh, honest. oh, him, yeah. I, I mean, he's obviously one of the, you know, uh, you know the leading experts, mm-hmm. the leading expert in his field, if you will. And I think, uh, just to keep the doors open for you, it, and I think, it would, you know, to show uh, whoever it is that you're applying for that you've taken time to learn that area of the law, his, I mean, his courses for all intents and purposes, fantastic. And um, there, there's a, like, you know, if you're remotely interested in this tech area, right, mm-hmm. whether it's IT or IP, you know, the, that's a course you should be taking. And, oh, okay. I mean, we, I, you know, I follow him, yeah. you know, various social media just because he's a wealth of information. 
Yeah, so that, that's something yeah. That, that he's he's a professor. I would mm-hmm. definitely recommend um, taking a course, taking it, even getting to know him. Or you know, I know, for example, colleagues of mine when I was at Ottawa actually mm-hmm. worked for him and used to find articles for him to to support um, the great product that he provides. Mm-hmm. And if you're remotely interested in this area, the digit, you know, digital or you know, ITIP copyright that that yeah, stuff, you know, he's someone you should get to know. Perfect. Okay. Now, going back, sorry, I'm kind of like jumping back and forth, but back to uh, your role at TD, what is the best thing about your job? Well, I mean, the best thing about the job is that, you know, I know it's anxiety provoking at time, but you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. In a lot of ways, the stuff that we do here, some of the stuff, not all, but some of the stuff we're pioneering, like... um, We've never done it before, so it really causes you to um, put your thinking cap on and strategize and identify what are the you know the complex legal and business issues are, mm-hmm. and that is really great. I know that the members of my team, you know, it's not now; it's not for everybody. Like if you if you uh, really want a job where you come in and you know you know what you're going to do day in day out, you know, yeah. for example, just reviewing the same type of contracts every day, that's okay. And if that's something you like and that's something you're good at, then that's fine. But that's not any way we do. We are constantly faced with things that nobody's ever seen before, mm. that there's no precedent for, uh, and that I find really great. I mean, the, the job itself, I mean, the, you know, this department has some of the greatest people you're going to meet and some of the most supportive people, mm. and that's what makes it so great to come here, not just in this department, but in the business. You know, yeah. our leaders are, you know, are fantastic, and, um, you know, they... They really make you feel like you want to come um, to the office every day and, um, and and do great by TD. So for those that are interested in joining TD, how would they go about? Is it, yeah. Um, well, yes, TD in a legal capacity? Yeah. Um, so that's that's an excellent question. I don't, I don't have that information at the, my fingertips in terms of, how to apply for the for articling uh-huh. um, although what I will do uh, following this call is I'll provide you with both uh, with the contact information so um, you can share that with uh, yeah you can most certainly share that with your um, with your fellow students uh, uh-huh. if they're if they're interested uh, in applying for a job at TD now they you're, they're, they're welcome to reach out to me when it gets to post the summer position well that's you know what uh, we 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 I, they have been known to hire summer students. Oh, um, there's no there's no uh, like official program, if you will. I, yeah. I suppose on a year to year basis, it depends on what resources are available, whether there's a need. I so see. I guess in both cases, uh, if that, that's something anybody is interested in for summer uh, or for articling, it never hurts to reach out to us, especially if you have an interest in the financial services area, mm-hmm. and um, we can. It doesn't hurt to contact us, and I can always find out what the status is in terms of uh, where we're at with our with our summer hiring. Oh. Look, it's no secret, and I think anybody who has ambition um, that uh, you know I, I'm I'm ambitious to um, to work. Um, I guess bottom line is that I'm happy to take on more responsibility. Yeah, I'm happy to learn about more areas of the bank. Uh, I definitely am ambitious to be um, an executive here mm. uh, because it's a it's a great place to work. Um, so I guess all of those things I'm, I you know 
within TD anyway, those are those are things that I most definitely strive for. And I guess last question, if you weren't a lawyer, what would you do for work? <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. You know, it, yeah. it, you know, when I was um when I was in high school, uh, um I, I, I wanted to be a sports uh, broadcaster. Um. Like, I, you know, like my, I suppose my idols at the time were, you know, like Vin Scully, who's retiring this mm. year, who's been broadcasting Brooklyn and LA Dodgers games for 50 years, maybe more. And then Dan Shulman, who went to the University of Western Ontario, just stumbled and walked into um, the, the the newspaper office that's there. There was too long a mm-hmm. line to write sports articles, and then stumbled into this, the broadcast area. And there was no line. There's nobody there. Um, was an actuarial science student. Did that for one year. Hated it. And then um, went and worked in a remote part of Ontario wow. in uh, broadcasting. And then is now ESPN's um, top baseball college basketball analyst. Wow. I of course wanted to do that, and uh, horsed around with it a little bit, and then uh, got chicken because I couldn't foresee going out to rural, you know, parts of Canada and starting uh-huh. my career. And uh, instead, just took a more conservative path. So if, if, uh, if I were, you know, if I were to do something else, that's most definitely what I would want to do, 100%. Mm, you could always start a podcast. I know a few of my friends have tried well, doing that. Yeah, that's right. Look, if there's, any, uh, if there's anybody uh, listening in right now and they <laughs> see a future for me, then uh, just... You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds.